0: Um, so across the Humber region, there's a whole range of different voluntary sector activity ranging from, I don't know, individuals that go out doing super runs through to um, large, very well organised charities with large turnovers um, housing sort of hundred or so people each night of the year. Somewhere in that mix is Whole Homeless Community Projects, which is uh, led by Andrew Smith. Uh, They've just celebrated their first year of operation as a registered charity. And Andrew's come in this morning to have a chat about the management of a charity, the development of a charity. So, Andrew, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. So, um, take me right back, if you will, to that um, moment of conception, really, when you realised that your interests needed to be formalised a little bit more and you then registered as a charity. Take me right back to the beginning. How did it all come about?
1: Well, right back to the beginning, crikey. Um, we're going back to just before 2010. Um, I'd left the armed forces, I'd been injured, and I'd found myself suffering from a uh, a small bout of, of homelessness. And uh, thankfully, I'd had fantastic family to to help me out with that. And what struck me at the time was there are many 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 people that didn't have that support network around them and that were that were lost really and it started off as a as a very uh very small operation uh food collections clothes collections at christmas for for some of the shelters and hostels and it was something really that developed from there we sort of branded it fairly early on as a as a community initiative for people to be able to, to do something to help others less fortunate. And really the the response we had was within a couple of years was growing and growing. And it was something I, th- I sort of felt I couldn't let go of after that. And I think it kind of, the bug got me and yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's a, a subject, it's a social subject. And once you look into it and the impact it has on, on your own community, you realize the, there's a lot of work to be done, and we all need to pull together to do that. So, yeah, that was really the the driving force in in starting
0: out, really. So, how did you begin to pull together uh, to make these impacts? Um, what what tools, what mechanisms helped you to to reach people and to to get your volunteers together and the like?
1: It was a lot of uh, a lot of conversations with people in the sector uh, as well as people suffering from homelessness about their needs and and how they felt they could be helped or how they felt they'd be let down and again with volunteers the the sort of the response I kept getting was a lot of people want to do something but they don't always necessarily know how and with the the ever-growing mountain of clothes and food that we were collecting so required uh, the the volunteers to go with it so we basically people just came forward and said they really wanted to help and and really, it started with a small team of people that just loved to to see a smile on someone's face and and know that they'd done something good that week. If anything else, to balance out their own lives and make themselves feel a little bit better, um, I think that's that's a lot to, to say that charity is is very important in that respect. And and a lot of those people have stayed with us and are still still with us to this day. Really.
0: Why register as a charity? What were the pros and cons of actually registering as a as a charity with the Charity Commission?
1: As the as the model grew, really for the organisation, we we obviously were exposed to a lot more um, aspects of homelessness, People that were were affected by it or suffering by it or, or are d- indeed at risk of it. And through that work, it was very apparent that there was a a gap, if you like, and um, a need for more community action alongside tendered services um, in the city and in hum- in the Humber. So, really, as an organisation, as it started to grow and it was it was very fluid and very natural, we soon realised that we were taking on a lot more responsibility and we had a lot more um, a lot more compliance and we had a lot of people re- relying on us. Really, we'd sort of made a commitment to a lot of people, and that registering as a charity. Really, it cements us as a as a serious organisation in the region. Um, but not only that, it gives us that the tools and the uh, resources to be able to have the best impact we can in the area. And I think that's very important. Any organisation needs to look at the impact they have and how they can improve that and the legacy they leave. So for us, it was really. It was really a no-brainer. It was something we had to do. And it's opened up so many doors in the last 12 months. It's, I'm, I'm really glad we did it.
0: Tell me more about the uh, the sort of management responsibilities you have to take on when mm-hmm. you become a registered charity. The,
1: a lot. <laughs> um, a lot. It, again, it was something I never expected to, to be doing. And it's something that I, I must admit is all new to myself and, and my board of trustees the the management it's like running a business and um but the fact it's uh, it's a community charity the compliance and the insurance and the reporting is just phenomenal it's out of this world um we have over 25 volunteers all part-time a couple of them full-time obviously have a, we have financial obligations we have our beneficiaries which are the men and women and children we're trying to help so the management of of all those people and and all those um all those little directions and little projects is 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 horrendous sometimes but it's it it's really worthwhile when you know that you've got it right and and people are doing well and they're happy and um this there's, there's tons of fantastic advice and support in the city for charities and really it it's scary how much you have to do, <laughs> but but that said, it's it's a must and it's a necessity, and it's something um, it's something to be to be an effective organisation that that meets its charitable aims, and that, that's very important for a charity. Once you have set out your charity aims, you have to work as hard as possible to meet them, and um, the, the compliance and the management has to be has to be good to be able to make sure we're doing what we say we're doing.
0: None of us can get it right every day, (laughs) all of the time. So uh, looking back over the last year, say, in particular, give me some detail of a moment where something went wrong. So some, you know, that that big bump on the learning curve.
1: Yeah. Uh, One of the big ones really for me was the we We'd just registered as a charity, and we were sort of we would, we'd had all our paperwork together and we'd put all that together and We really sort of felt like we were getting somewhere the the work with our beneficiaries was was going well and It was the sudden realization that I'm running a charity from my kitchen with no funding or fundraising, and it was quite a low point for me in the respects that I felt that responsibility all of a sudden hit me. And I kind of felt like I had hundreds of children that had to look after and I possibly didn't know what to do and it was all going to go terribly wrong. And, and I think at the time it was very hard to deal with and, and I kind of panicked a little bit. And, but I think you have to have the lows to have the highs. And I think as a, as a, certainly as a community organization, you, you have to, you have to learn as you go nobody like you say we don't get it right all of the time and it is a learning process and I think you have to embrace those difficult times um, to be able to appreciate the the better times and the the successes so yeah that was a particularly um, that was a particularly low point for myself personally anyway yeah
0: I suppose it's only right that I ask you about the better times now than the successes over the last year what's really sort of shined for you in the last year
1: Well, we've had a couple of events in the last 12 months. Um, one of which was the big sleep out last year. And when we, when we do an event, obviously it's a first every time we do it. And then when you see the reaction and the feedback you got from it is really heartwarming because it's almost that reassurance that you're doing what you said set out to be doing and that you're doing it right. Once we started, obviously, again, going down the compliance route, we record uh, every single person we work with, every single client, So whether that's a rough sleeper, a surfer surfer, um, somebody at risk of being evicted. It doesn't really matter what it is, but we record every single person, every single contact. And after the first few months of starting to to really seriously collate those figures, we realised how many people we were actually dealing with And then, when we sort of added our successes against each person, we could sort of monitor how much success we were having. And it was really exciting to see that we were actually helping a lot of people achieve their aims and continue their support. So, again, for us to be able to feed back to our board of trustees and the public we can we can show we've set out to do what we've said we were going to do and also how we've been able to do that as well so yeah i think that for me is the the biggest high is knowing that we're doing what we should be doing <laughs>
0: there's a huge myriad of needs isn't there in the people that you meet how do you go about focusing um, your direction as a charity? Because you could just go off in I don't know, several different directions every day. How, how do you yeah. sort of focus where you're going to put your, your resources and energy? I think, again, that's, that comes from conversations
1: and dialogue with, with services, with the local authority, with our beneficiaries, and, and with the community, community as well. You know, we are a community based project and homelessness is a social subject so we really have to listen to it sounds very political but the needs of the people because that what it that's what it comes down to i mean a couple you say a few years ago now as it all started we used to have a community kitchen which ran a couple of times a month um we very quickly realized as we became a, a a registered organization that that wasn't viable it wasn't financially viable and it wasn't meeting our charitable aims, we weren't able to focus our attention and our work properly on those that really needed it. So we had to scrap that and come up with different ideas, which is why we now do a lot of the outreach on the streets, because we can focus our our time and our energy on those most in need. But really it comes down to listening to what people need. Regardless of of how many rough sleepers we have on the streets at any given time, which is which is a which is a shame and is something to work on. What we have increasingly started to look at as an organization is those at risk of homelessness and those threatened by homelessness. It's much more cost effective, not only to small charities, but to the public purse to stop homelessness happening in the first place than it is to tackle the problem once it's hit crisis. Just small things like admissions to unplanned care at hospital. We can reduce those and we can save money and we can save spaces in the emergency rooms. We can stop families from being evicted. We can stop children from suffering the, the the complete upturn in their lives and maybe having to move schools and losing friends and relationship breakdowns with parents. We need to look at all these social problems because they are ultimately what leads or can potentially lead to homelessness. So that direction really, again, is being born out of what people want in the community and we have to listen to, to people's desires. And, and I think, for us, a preventing homeless strategy is something I've been keen on for for certainly the last couple of years. And it's something over the next few years we're going to really ramp up and make sure everybody works together to, to look at that that prevention.
0: If the political genie was released from the bottle and granted you <laughs> one wish to change one policy, mm-hmm. one government policy, what would that be? What would make it easy for you or easier for mm-hmm. you as a charity?
1: I've thought about this a few times because I suspected you may ask me that question. <laughs> and I've been to a few I've been to a few conferences lately um around the country on on homelessness and, and the prevention of homelessness and one thing that keeps cropping up is social housing and not saying it's a problem solver by any any means at all but social housing has a huge role to play in in our cities and our communities. And I do believe that we need to build more social housing. Again, local authorities have that duty to build more social housing. There are a lot of new models being banded around, a few from across the water, across from America, about how sustainable, affordable social housing, coupled with good, solid, charitable work and local authorities can actually reduce those risks of homelessness but not only homelessness all those issues surrounding it as well so abuse um, sexual abuse domestic violence that kind of thing they all come together and they affect people's daily lives and if we can if we can give people a bit more stability we can hopefully reduce the amount of people hitting crisis point in the first place, hopefully. So, yeah, that would be my one wish, would be more social housing.
0: Andrew, it's been really good to talk. Thank you for coming in. Cheers. Thank
1: you. Cheers.